Hi, welcome to the Bucko Fever Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Franson. Uh, it is <laughs> it is a f- fun time of year, uh, sometimes. <laughs> and, and this year, I think it is uh, for the Pirates, um, because they're they're going to start wheeling and dealing. Like, the, the trades have already started. Um, I want to talk about the, the ones that have and, you know, look at the Adam Fraser deal. Um, I actually had recorded almost an entire episode. Um, but instead of going through and, and editing for hours uh, to try to add in the Clay Holmes deal... Um, I'm just redoing this thing. So this is take two on the on the trade uh, review slash preview. Um, they've already pulled off two this week. I think there's more coming probably as soon as I'm done recording this. They will have traded Tyler Anderson. I really would be shocked if he makes a start. Um, we're going to talk about that. Plus, as a bonus, you know, as we're looking at bringing in, you know, the Pirates are looking, you know, at stacking the system with as much talent as possible. Um, got a couple draft picks. Uh, one signed yesterday, and the other should be signing today. And they're they're guys that, you know, are a little over slots. So, um, so pretty cool. So talk about that too. So before we get into all of that stuff, let's uh, have a message from uh, Anchor. So let's hop right into this. I don't. I could go on for hours about trades and uh, the trade deadline. Um, it's always been a really uh, fascinating part of the game. Uh, I don't think other sports trade the way baseball does. I know they do. I know, you know. I know that the NBA is notorious for you know blockbusters. Um, NFL has picked up a little bit in recent years in their trades, but, uh, you know, in hockey, of course, they have, you know, their their trades, uh, their trade deadline. Um, that's probably my second favorite to follow because stuff actually happens there. Uh, but anyway, um, I could talk forever about trades. Um, I want to focus on what the Pirates have done so far and what could be happening. I think when this is all said and done, I really think the Pirates could uh, could trade five or six guys. And, and I think that I, – I, I said that on Twitter the other day. Um, you know, I've said it in, in past podcasts. I would love to see them just unload nine or ten people <laughs> and just see what happens. I don't – I think that's, you know, borderline unprecedented. Um I think it would be fun to see what they do with those people. I have no idea. Um, the Pirates are facing a pretty crazy uh, roster crunch. So uh, they have some decisions they may, that need to be made with some of the guys they have already in-house that may be looking elsewhere for jobs. Uh, and, you know, with anybody they bring in, they need to uh, make sure that all these guys can fit on the roster or have a, a low risk of being claimed in the Rule 5 draft uh, next offseason or this offseason. Um, or they just need to go low level. Um, guys that aren't yet eligible for the Rule 5 process. So um, what they've done is they've brought in five guys who are all Rule 5 eligible. 
So where they already had a roster crunch with what was in-house and, you know, eight or nine, ten guys that could possibly warrant being protected, you know, they already had to clear space. Now they bring in more guys that they're going to have to figure out what to do with. So let's take a look at the big trade, the, um, the Adam Frazier deal. And I think we all, we all knew that Adam Frazier um, was going to be traded. Uh, I think that um, the general consensus is that the return was uh, uh, underwhelming. Uh, and I think a lot of that stems from uh, just how much hype um, he was, the, the trade was getting. Or, you know, I think we had, there was a couple uh, media folks, uh, John Heyman was one that, that mentioned, you know, Frazier possibly to the White Sox for, you know, Andrew Vaughn, like one of their top prospects. And I, when I heard that, I thought that was pretty unrealistic, but it been kind of cool. Uh, that didn't happen. So what Ben Charrington was able to get was... Uh, uh, Tucapita, Marcano, an infielder, outfielder, whatever, wherever you want to put him. Um, he's going to Indianapolis. Um, outfielder Jack Sawinski, he's going to Altoona. And um, uh, Michelle Milanio, he's going to go to Greensboro, pitcher. Um, with these guys, San Diego, San Diego Padres um, seem to have really valued um, Marcano. Um, the rumors are that Mar- the Charrington wanted Marcano in the Musgrove deal and kind of had to settle for Hudson Head. I mean, I'll take Hudson Head. Um, he's still really young, and I think you know he's he's showing signs of progression. So um, we'll see. I think he could be something pretty special if, if everything clicks. Um, but Ben Sherrington seems to have really liked Marcano enough that they also decided to pay the rest of Adam Fraser's salary for the year, which normally is done to sweeten the pot to get better a better prospect. Uh, MLB Pipeline had uh, Marcano as the Padres' number six prospect, I believe, uh, five or six. He currently, through MLB Pipeline, is ranked as the seventh best prospect in the Pirate system, which uh, I personally and a lot of other people think is kind of high. Um, Fangraphs has him as, I believe, like the 33rd uh, best prospect in the Pirate system. So a pretty big difference there. I probably, for me, I would probably split it and put him somewhere in the in the teens, maybe you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, somewhere in there. Um, I like Marcano. Marcano hits, um, and he doesn't strike out a whole lot. Um, he did make the jump from single A all the way to the big leagues to start the year. Um, he's been sent back down since then. You know, in 50 plate appearances with San Diego, he hit 182. Um, only struck out nine times, so not terrible there, but, uh, you know, still some work to do. So they sent him down. He is only 21. And in 199 at-bats, 
in AAA. He's hitting 272 with six home runs, which is a power has never really been his thing. Um, in his three seasons, um, three previous seasons combined, uh, he only hit three home runs. So he's doubled his home run production. Um, is that something you can rely on? I don't know. I, I think I think Marcano is a faster version, faster younger version of Adam Frazier. Uh, he makes contact. Um, you know, in 2018, in, in rookie and low A ball, in 194 at bats, he hit 366. Uh, 2019, 270 in, in A ball, over 504. Uh, I'm sorry, 460, 460 at bats. So, there's potential here. Um, the rest of the deal, uh, Jack Sawinski was a, fr- I would say, fringe prospect. Um, hasn't really hit consistently uh, throughout his minor league career. Uh He's having his best year this year uh, with two batting 269 and 267, or I'm sorry, 216, uh, 216 at bats, 15 home runs. Um, his previous high was in 2019 with 12 home runs. So, you know, improving against, you know, better quality pitching in double A. Um, so this is a guy that, you know, a lot of people like they, the, the, Speculation is that he is uh, in his breakout year. Um, and I think this is kind of something Sherrington has is, is targeted as guys who are about to, or breaking out or about to break out. So the hope then would be to get them before they explode um, and then you know, rocket up prospect lists so that they become harder to acquire. Um, the other guy they got is um, Michelle Melania, and he has struggled um, with control throughout his minor league career. He does walk quite a few guys um, in uh, 25 and two-thirds innings pitch. He's walked 21. He struck out 52. Uh, ERA sitting at uh, at 316 in his, um, and all that was in uh, A ball. In high A, he's pitched in four games with a 623 ERA, uh, four and a thirds innings, you know, three earned runs, four walks, seven Ks. So he's kind of like a wild card. Um, if he gets the, if he gets the, um, command and the control down and prove it a little bit, he's going to be a solid relief prospect. Uh, if he doesn't, then he'll wash out. Like he doesn't have over, he has good stuff, not anything great. Um, he doesn't have like an upper nineties fastball. He typically looks like he sits mid nineties. So I can see why people would think and feel that the Adam Frazier deal wasn't fantastic. Um, I'm fine with it. I'm not excited by it. I think it's fine. And, you know, Charrington said yesterday that he had other 
clubs interested and ultimately took the best deal. And I think it all really hinged on Marcano. I think that that's somebody that they just really like. Um, and in trading Frazier, I mean, Marcano, um, after the trade, I figured, okay, this is, he could slide right in the second base or supplant um, Kevin Newman at short and move Newman to second or play Defoe at second or something like that. Um, but then something else happened yesterday. You know, I, I work full-time, I work from home, so I have some, you know, flexibility and can, you know, check my phone uh, <laughs> throughout the day pretty consistently. Uh, sure enough, I put my phone down to um, make dinner and eat dinner with my, with my wife and kids, and all of a sudden, I come back an hour later and the Pirates have traded Clay Holmes, which... <laughs> In the episode that I recorded, um, that I am re-recording now, I did mention Holmes as being a, a trade possibility. Um, I'm surprised at what they got back. Now, it, they could just have gotten a couple, you know, quad A guys, guys that will never really advance to the big leagues or, you know, will and, you know, just kind of shuffle back and forth. But... They could have gotten two guys that factor into future plans. So the Yankees uh, were willing to give up infielders Diego Castillo and Hoy, uh, Hoy, Young, Hoy Young Park, both of which were in AAA. Um, and both playing very well. Castillo's always been on the light-hitting side. Um, he is having a good year this year um, in AAA. Uh, he's hitting 276. He was hitting 277 in 224 bats with 11 home runs. In he since 2015 through 2019, um, his home run total was only eight. So he's eclipsed that. Is he breaking out? Oh, I'm sorry, he was in AA. Is he breaking out? Is he? Um, just um, having a you know, is he just is he breaking out? Is this real? Is he just having his an up year? Is this sustainable? Um, I don't know. Um, we'll see. I, I, I like that pickup. Uh, he doesn't strike out a whole lot. He walks um, quite a bit. We'll see what happens with him. I, I, I like I like that return. And then the other guy. <coughs> comes, you know, Hoi Young Park or Hoi Park, his name pops up different ways no matter where you look. Um, he's had one at bat in the big leagues uh, this year um, and, you know, didn't register a hit. But in AAA this year, he's hitting three, 307 in 202 uh, at bats with 11 home runs. Uh, <laughs> this is as good as a return for Holmes, I think, as you can get. Now, Clay Holmes, aside from a few really bad outings where they just kind of let him take one for the team, 
Holmes has been very effective, and and Holmes is one of the, this is one of the reasons why I, I love baseball. You know, Clay Holmes was you know high not high like highly touted like Pirates were excited when he was coming up through the minor leagues and with injuries and then control issues, uh, it looked like Clay Holmes was you know done um, or the Pirates had moved on to the point where they DFA'd him. Uh, he made the made the opening day roster and had been there since. And he'd actually pitched pretty well. Like overall, I was really happy for Clay Holmes. I think that um, I, I love when when that happens when somebody that just battled um, for years with uh, you know they have the talent. It's just breaking through and getting the you know, command down or just staying healthy. Um, I think Clay Holmes, um, I would have been fine with them, you know, keeping him around for next year. But I also think he was on the verge of being a potential DFA candidate again at the end of the season because of the looming roster crunch. And when I say that, if you follow anything, me on social media or any of the other uh, bloggers or cat podcasters or whatever on uh, on Twitter or whatever, you know that there's a roster crunch coming. Um, the Pirates are in a really unique position because of the trades that Ben Sherrington has made um, and with what already was in-house. The Pirates have a cluster of prospects that are all needing to be protected through the Rule 5 or from the Rule 5 in the offseason. So the 40-man needs to be cleaned up. And you'll get some of that through trades. You'll get some of that through free, you know, guys just leaving free agency. They're going to DFA guys. They're going to trade more, you know, trade more guys, obviously. So, um... Now they added five more guys that are in that same category. So to the already nine, let's say nine guys, guys like Tanaj Thomas, uh, Omar Cruz, you know, Travis Swaggerty, Cody Bolton, um, that need to be protected, you add five more. So you're looking at like 14 guys that they need to find spots for in the roster. And looking at the roster, it's not as hard as it seems. The problem is then you're going to have a roster that is heavy with guys that aren't close to the big leagues, like Tanaj Thomas. He's not close yet. Peguero, he's not really close yet. Um, you have guys like Swaggerty and Bolton that missed a good chunk or all of this uh, year. So do you leave them unprotected? I doubt it, but do you leave them unprotected thinking nobody will claim them? Now, I will say, of the five guys that they got, um, I think that um, Melanio will not be picked in the Rule 5 draft. Um, he has enough control issues and not doesn't throw... Um, you know, 99. So I don't think anybody's going to take a flyer on him. Um, so the, figure they're safe there. Sawinski, 
if he continues on the pace that he is on, if he gets promoted to AAA and tears it up there, maybe. I still don't think he gets picked. Um, it's got some pop, but strikes out a lot. Um, I don't. I don't see it. Um, like I said, I could be wrong. I don't know why anybody would have taken Kai Tom in the Rule Five draft, but they did, and then the Pirates ended up with him. So, who knows? The other guys, they're definitely, I mean, um, Marcon is already on the 40-man. Like, he had to be added, so he's fine. Um, <coughs> Park and Castillo. I believe Castillo is gonna could be a minor league free agent after the year. Um, so, they may lose him regardless. Um, and then you have Hoyt Park. I, I tweeted some stuff yesterday about, you know, the Pirates and what was going on. And, and you know, one of the things, I think I was one of the first people to tweet uh, that the MLB pipeline had Marcano as the number seven prospect for the Pirates. And I got a lot of responses to that. And one of them was, you know, a lot of his disbelief. Um, but one of them was like, we already, you know, they're full of middle infielders, and they're right. So, honestly, what I would do right now, if I were the Pirates, is you have a bunch of middle infielders in the at AAA right now. You have Cole Tucker, you have D. Strange Gordon, uh, now you have Park, possibly Castillo, Marcano. Um, these guys need to play. Do oh, and you, and then you have Castro um, in Altoona that honestly should move up. If you're the Pirates, do you take this opportunity to if you can't trade them, which I don't think there's much there um, in any kind of return. This is one of those years where it, it you know, it's disappointing that they can't do international slot in trades because uh, I feel like you could unload several other guys. Um, guys in AAA, guys um, you know, on the fringe, bench guys, stuff like that, and, and be able to pull in that slot spot. Uh, but it's not there, so. Um, so do you try to trade a couple guys? Guys like Cole Tucker and a guy like Kevin Newman. I don't know what kind of value they have. I really don't think it's going to be much. Um, or do you wait till the end of the deadline? Because you don't have to put Park or Castillo on the 40-man right now. Uh, they weren't on it. They don't have to go on it until before the, the Rule 5 draft or before you let Castillo walk via free agency. Do you take this opportunity to just say bye-bye to Kevin Newman and Cole Tucker? You know, you're going to have to clear roster spot. You have to. Um, neither one 
has really shown that they can hit in the big leagues. Newman showed flashes his first year, but hasn't done anything since. Um, do you just let them walk and bring up Castillo and Park or uh, Marcano and Park or Castro and Park or and then mix Defoe in there? I personally think that would be the way to go. Um, you know, you're gonna you need to clear roster spots. That would clear two. You're moving two guys onto it uh, that need to be added on if you want them in the future. And if they come up and they're terrible, right? You didn't really give up much for them. Like you traded Clay Holmes, who was probably a DFA candidate at the end of the year. You have Eric Gonzalez that'll be back at some point. Do you just also DFA Eric Gonzalez at that point and go with another younger uh, younger guy like like Castro or Marcano? I mean, it could be any of these guys. They have guys that are now, through these trades, um, where they didn't have depth in AAA, they kind of have depth now. They kind of have, they have guys that are, that are pushing for playing time which is fantastic. So what do you do? Um, do you DFA Phil Evans right now to clear roster spot? Phil Evans, you know, last year and the start of this year looked so good, like that diamond in the rough, and he went back in the rough. Like it's been a hard um, season for Phil Evans overall. I think he's played himself out of any kind of future plans with the Pirates. Uh, So, do you move on from him? You know, Defoe plays all over the place. Um, You know, so they've got some tough decisions. But ultimately, are they really that tough? Can you, is there an argument that can really be made right now for Cole Tucker staying on the 40-man roster? I mean, heck, there's a good chance that Cole Tucker doesn't, you know, clears waivers. You know, he, he hasn't been good. You know, maybe that's what he needs. You know, you DFA him. Sticks around. Maybe he gets it together. I don't think Cole Tucker is a total loss. I don't think he's, you know, a future all-star or anything like that, but. So, what else are the Pirates going to do this this week? Um, I really think Tyler Anderson will be gone before his start today. Uh, what they get back, who knows? Um, there's a lot of talk <coughs> right now. Um, I like Anderson going to... I like some of the guys the Phillies have. Um I, I think the Phils would be a good spot. I think the uh, the Blue Jays could be a good landing spot. The Giants, uh, really anybody. The Mets. Uh, I, I think they're going to find um, find a spot for uh, him before I start today. I really do. With the way things are going. Um, and what else do they have to trade? Um, I think Richard Rodriguez is going to go. Uh, a lot of rumors 
flying around about him at the moment um, and what they can get for him. Um, you know, the A's made a deal last night, got um, a guy from Chicago, Chaffin, Chaffin, um, for a decent prospect as far as the A's go, Deakman, um, I, 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 Richard Rodriguez goes. I'm, I'm really interested to see what he brings back. If the Pirates can get to those, the two guys they got for Clay Holmes, um, if they can get get that out of Clay Holmes, then what are they going to get out of Richard Rodriguez, who's truthfully one of the more consistent relievers in the big leagues? Um, even after you know cut back on the sticky stuff, he's given up a couple runs, but he's still good. Uh, you know, like I said, I think they're gonna. I think you're looking at possibly five, six, seven trades for the Pirates. Uh, I think you know you've, we've already done two. I think Tyler Anderson, Richard Rodriguez. Uh, I could see a guy like Chad Cool. He's pitched well enough lately that somebody might take a flyer on him because he does have uh, team control and. Um, he wouldn't cost them a whole lot. Um, I think Jason Shreve is a pretty, uh, pretty good um, lefty, and could command a, a, a decent return. I don't think it's anything earth shattering. If you w- want to read more about Jason Shreve, check out um, Anthony DeFilippo's, um article that he did for Bucks in the Basement about Shreve. It was pretty good. And it's kind of like what I what I was going to say on the other, the round one of this episode that I am re-recording. I like Shreve. I think Shreve, I don't know if Shreve really brings the huge return back on his own. I think it, he could definitely bring back what Clay Holmes brought back. Um, if you package two together, like if you add Jason Shreve to Rich Rod in a deal, that could help. Uh, I think that Chris Stratton could bring a good return. I like Stratton of the Phillies for whatever reason. I don't know why that's like calling to me. Um, and I really do think Stratton could bring back, uh, one or two solid prospects. Um, I really like, uh, Jamari Baylor, a shortstop, uh, in the Philly system. For MLB Pipeline, he's a 45 overall, so that might be a reach for Stratton, or it might be the only thing they get back, which I'd be okay with. I also like Logan O'Hop. Um, he's a 40 overall, and that's kind of, I think, where these relievers, what they're going to pull are the, like, the 40, maybe a 45, maybe a couple 40s. Um, I like Logan O'Hop. Catcher's got some pop. But another key to these guys are that they're they're in the lower levels, right? That's really, I think, one of the things the Pirates really have to focus on. The lower level guys, so they don't have to worry about any more log jams uh, when it comes to figuring out the 40-man roster. Um, outside of pitching, uh, I, I think there would be a market for Wilmer Defoe or Ben Gamble. 
I think either or both could bring back one or two prospects. Um, not like high level guys, but you know, lottery tickets, low level pitchers, um, low level anything. Like maybe, you know, you package one of them with Chase and Shreve to bring you back a guy like, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, the shortstop that I just mentioned uh, from Jamari Baylor. Sorry, blanked on his last name, Jamari Baylor. Um, the wild card here, really, is Gregory Polanco. Polanco has hit well, and this is what I kind of I, I envision him doing, is the week before the trade deadline, just start to hit. Polanco's going to be off this roster at some point this year, whether it be now via trade, whether they just say goodbye, which I, I think is very unlikely, or they're going to decline his option. They're not paying him to come back. Yeah, they're a little thin on, on outfielders, uh, but Polanco costs way too much money for you know being as frequently injured and streaky as he is um, you know but hey if he continues the next couple days see him hit a couple home runs and it looks like okay he's kind of, he's heating up would a team look at him and say hey we'll give you this low level guy a guy that we just drafted last year um for Polanco. And I think at that point, Ben Charrington offers just to pay just to pay the salary for the rest of the year and get, you know, maybe even a, a little better of a prospect. So yeah, it, it's it's gonna be interesting. I mean that's a lot of guys I just mentioned. What did I mention? One, two, three, uh like in the infield, I don't think anybody wants Newman. Um, they're not trading Hayes or Cash or Catcher. Stallings could get traded. I don't think he will, so I'm not even really including him. But I wouldn't be totally floored if they did. Uh, but again, I don't think it'll happen. So three, four, five, six, seven. Eight. So, like, eight guys. But technically could still be traded. I don't think they... I don't think they're going to trade that many. It's, you know, including the, uh, ten total, including the two they just did. I could also see them trading a guy or two from the AAA roster. Maybe an Anthony Alford. Uh, maybe a D-Strange Gordon. Somebody like that. The thing is, if they trade all these bullpen pieces... What in the world do they have that would move in? Um, Indianapolis is not a hotbed for talent right now. Um, now they very it could just be that they give uh, tryouts. You know, basically tryouts to these guys. So, like, you clear those roster spots by trading all those guys. In AAA, you could bring up Tanner Anderson. Uh, 
Matt Eckelman, I don't see him coming up. He's pitched poorly this year. Uh, uh, Joe Jaquez, maybe. Um, Shelby Miller, oh, he's injured. Never mind. Uh, maybe a James Marvel to go in the pen. Braden Ogle's one that I would like to see them add. Um, I think he could provide some value. I think he's he's a, a good bullpen piece. He's a lefty, so I like that. Dylan Peters, maybe. I actually think he's a, probably a pretty good DFA candidate. Um, Ponce will probably fill one of those holes. Uh, Shea Spitzbarth uh, is another one. Hunter Stratton just got moved to AAA. I don't think he's quite ready, but um, give him a few outings. We might see him at some point. Uh, Bo Salser, maybe. Blake Wyman, maybe. So you have like five or six guys that really, if you trade five or six pieces from the bullpen and don't get anything in return that would, you know, fill those spots, there's guys here that you could bring up. Pirates aren't worried about winning for the rest of the year. They're not. Um, you know, they're going to see what they have in-house, see what some of the new guys do. But, you know, if you bring those guys up, and not all of them are going to be good. Not all of them are really worthy of big league roster spot. However, if Bray Noble comes up and pitches well, then you, you'll keep them. Same with, like, a Spitzbarth or any of those guys. However, you know, if Blake Wyman were to come up and not pitch particularly well, probably DFAM. And probably no one's going to claim him. You know, this would be like just giving guys some tryouts. If you have one or two of the six guys that I mentioned that pitch really well, you know you can bank on them next year. If they don't, then you know you have some work to do to fill out the pen. Um, but there's some in double A that, uh, you know, will be moving up next year. Uh, John O'Reilly, um, Shane Murray, guys like that. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, this is, is going to be an, in, this is going to be really interesting to watch. Um, for the rest of the week, and then moving into um, the off season to really see how this roster shapes up. And I've talked about it previously, but uh, Pirates are in a, in a really unique position, <laughs> and it's a good problem to have. The only thing that sucks about it is, you know, you could you could possibly lose um, a decently talented guy um, in the Rule Five next year because you have so much that you need to protect and then the, you have to keep them on the 40 man so like Tanaj Thomas not ready for the big leagues he's probably a couple years away you have to keep him on there you can't take him off or you risk losing him um, so when you have too many of those types of guys like Omar Cruz uh, you know do you gamble leave them open You know, it's well, there's a lot of tough decisions. Um, they could also use, hey, you know, they're stockpiling prospects. Um, they're so deep right now. They could easily trade two of these guys for a, you know, a controllable reliever <laughs> or something along those lines in the off season, and not really, not really skip a beat. 
because they have more coming. So, deadline is close. Um, and it's going to be an interesting next few days, for sure. So, the, the Pirates have pulled in a really interesting group of, of guys just through the first couple trades of this deadline. Ben Sherrington's goal from day one was to load this system. They want to have as many players as they possibly can ranked in the top 100 prospects of in baseball. Um, they have a handful now. They want more. Some of these guys that they got via trade may reach that point. It's um, here, you know, in the next couple of years. Uh, but really, it's the draft. Like, and I talked about this past draft and how great it was on my last podcast. Uh, but they continue to, to sign these guys, and that was the big question. Uh, and the first one they signed was Lonnie White. Uh, Lonnie White Jr., um, they had to buy him out in about a million and a half um, to not go to Penn State to play baseball and football. Two-sports star. Um, he's a he's an interesting prospect. He's very athletic. Um He's got speed, play defense, um, hits, uh, power. I think is a little bit raw, but uh, I, I like Lonnie White a lot. I was uh, to be able to get Lonnie White and then double <laughs> and then come back um, the next round and, and Bubba Chandler still be there was ridiculous. Um, but Lonnie White signed. Um, so at this point, they only have one of their top 10 prospects or top 10 draft picks that have yet to sign. Um, and that's Owen Kellington. And I, th- that should probably happen. It looks like they probably will be able to sign him. Um, but you know, no news there. Uh, and it appears that, um, another one of their draft picks, Braylon Bishop, is in Pittsburgh today um, to sign, which he was one of those guys that you know you he had a commitment um, to Arkansas. They took him in the fourteenth round, which normally is what happens. You get in those those late rounds, uh, and you'll take flyers on on some guys with the hopes that you can buy them out. And if you don't, you don't. And it was questionable as to whether or not they'd have the money to uh, to sign Bishop and um, and Daniel Corona, who they picked right after him. It's another guy um, that they that has a college commitment. Uh, he Bishop is kind of like a, a Lonnie White. They're both very athletic. Um, But it looks like Bishop's going to sign for three hundred grand, which is slightly over slot, but not as much as what thought they were going to have to that they, that they were going to do. So that's huge. So they continue to trade and get this talent, but the draft, the draft is where they're really they're really pulling it in, and these guys are all young, like real young. Like we're not going to see them for five years, six years, maybe, you know, four probably tops. Uh, 
Davis, the college guys, maybe a little sooner, but the high school kids, um, it, it's going to be a little bit. But they just continue to add talent, which is what Ben Sherrington wanted to do. Um, you know, Fangraphs, if you check out Fangraphs, Fangraphs updates their top prospects for the Pirates uh, constantly. Um, you know, these guys are are falling in there. Like, these guys that they're picking up, the draft picks that they're signing, they're, they're making the list. Um, so, the Pirates have gone from a uh, not-so-good farm system, middle of the road to bad, depending on who you ask. Um, they've gone there all the way to one or two, top three at least, um, in the major leagues. Key now is going to be development. Some of these guys are going to miss. Um, that's why we you can't worry about them having too many middle infield prospects. Um, you know, if a bunch of them look like they're going to hit and you have a cluster trying to push for playing time, you can deal from that. So... We, we shall see. <laughs> uh, we'll see what they do. It's going to be... Uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. You know, these these young guys, these draft picks are going to start coming in to uh, the system. And um, we'll, we'll see... We'll see what happens uh, with them. So, yeah. Going to be just... A, a lot of young talent in the system to watch uh, moving forward for the rest of the season and the next you know several years, which is fun. So that's the episode for today. I'll probably be back um, later in the week or this weekend to kind of really recap the um, the moves that were made via the trade deadline, and I, I really think there's going to be several more. Um, besides what we have already seen. So, uh, again, check me out. Follow me on Twitter at BuccoFeverPod. Um, I love the trade deadline. I love this this time. So I'm pretty active on there at the moment. So check me out there. Uh, Facebook at BuccoFeverPodcast. Uh, Bucco and, of course, BuccoFeverPodcast.com. Um, and, you know, Again, thanks for listening. I really appreciate everybody that tunes in um, every week. Uh, you know, if this is your first one, go back and check some of the other ones out. Uh, this is a lot of fun for me. I love talking baseball. I love talking pirates. So, if you're gonna, if you, you know, keep making them, if you keep listening. So, um, again, you know, thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, you know, have a good one.